Hello, my friends. Scott Klosowski, the digital philosopher, back for another podcast. Uh, if you ask me today what my favorite pastimes are, it would have to be uh, trying out new AI tools. I keep lists of them all week. On the weekend, I experiment and I try out new tools, new engines. And for me, there's just something exciting about asking an application to create ideas, content, graphics that no other application's ever been able to do for me before. And in watching that magic happens, I still never lose that excitement of being able to see a piece of software do something that I've never seen one do before, especially when what it's doing is going to be very beneficial in my life. Now, when I'm creating something new, when I'm solving problems, when I'm doing things in a way that I've never been able to do them before, I end up spending hours sometimes going down a rabbit hole of co-working with AI. Like I said, I love it. This is to me, I'm sure, like online gaming is to uh, some other people. I mean, the power of AI engines are giving me is intoxicating. And way in the back of my mind, there's this voice screaming a warning about a world where people are even more addicted to interacting with hardware and software as a substitute for flesh and bone. Why? Because I could see it in myself in that moment, in the way the hours tick away as I co-work, blend my mind with that of AIs. Then I take a deep breath, and then it's back to my AIs, and I ignore that voice. This is the last podcast in this digital philosophy series, and we have a worthy topic to end on for sure. Every day, I go back and forth on the mother of all philosophical questions in the digital realm. What will be the ultimate influence of technology on humanity? Now, it's too easy to say, oh, it's going to be awesome. It's too easy to say, oh, it's going to be devastating. Uh, sometimes as human beings, we seem to go to either end of a spectrum and just lock in on that end of the spectrum, when many times the answer is somewhere in between, maybe just a shade one way, a shade the other way. But this is a huge philosophical question because technology is having a massive impact on humanity, as if you're listening to this, you obviously know. But we really need to be thinking ahead of where is it going to go? We're going to get more and more technology. We're going to get more and more, uh, almost today, unfathomably powerful types of technology. It's going to leave a mark. It's going to have some major impact on humanity. And so it is a worthy question to ask ourselves, is this impact going to be amazing or is this impact is going to be something that we rue the day that we ever built the first PC? Now, big philosophical questions like this are important because they help us find the truth of our beliefs. I mean, for this reason, technology being healthy or unhealthy is a massive question. You know, it, it creates kind of rabid debaters on both sides. Uh, but I love forcing myself to think through this type of question, right, and to find some type of philosophy that I can share with others when they ask me questions or when they make statements that I think really might not be accurate or correct statements. Now, the problem with any debating of a philosophical topic such as this one, where we do have rabid debaters on both sides, is the world's become a more divisive place. As what people accept and choose to believe, they tend to get out on that spectrum of it's either black or white. Either I'm completely right and everybody's completely wrong, right? Or you're completely wrong, I'm completely right. It just seems to be the way the world's been moving. And I'm sure technology is uh, likely playing a role, which is something we'll have to think about. In this case, this is too big and too interesting a question to think that it's going to end up on either end of the spectrum. I mean, it's likely going to end up somewhere near the middle, a 
a little bit this way, a little bit that way, very different for different people. But again, worthy for us to at least think about. So, so let's do that. I mean, there's an entire world riding on the answer to this question. I mean, the ultimate impact of integrating people and machines it is something that will have a massive impact on our children and on our grandchildren. So we probably ought to just set aside any current strong opinions one way or the other and just look at this, ask ourselves questions, and then think this through with an open mind. Now, I've written down a number of different ways to look at this, and then I'm going to go into hey, let's look at everything that's negative about technology, and then let's look at everything that's positive. And when I say everything, I'm just talking about the Pareto rule of probably the top 20% that are 80% of the impacts. And at the end of this, maybe we'll be able to get a little bit tighter on what the answer to this question is, and maybe what we need to be doing about it. So here is, is what I've found. As the, the human tribe, I have heard congressional testimony uh, from a Facebook whistleblower in 2021 that people click on misinformation six times more than they do truthful content. I want you to think about that for just a second, that, that we are predisposed for some reason click on misinformation more than we click on truthful content, as if truthful content is somehow boring to us and the misinformation is somehow way more interesting. Now, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, uh, but Anthropologists have said for many years that as human beings, we're wired to see the dangers in life much more clearly than we are to see the blessings. And anthropologists believe that from thousands and thousands of years ago, we had to be tuned to watch for danger in order to survive. And so our minds gravitate toward danger, gravitate towards the, the car wreck, towards the bad news more than it will focus on the goodness of things. I don't know. Add those two facts together, right? The fact that we seem to be more predisposed to look at things that are not truthful than truthful, and we tend to be more predisposed to look at the negative rather than the positive. And it's easy to see, right? Why many people would have formed opinions about technology that it's ultimately bad for the human race. Now, I've asked this question for years of audiences. It it could be young people, it could be older people, it could be all different walks of life. But I often ask them, do you think technology will make the world a better place? Yes or no? Do you think technology today is making people happier or not happier than it did in the past uh, or than we were in the past? Uh, It's by asking questions like this of thousands of people and seeing what their answers are that I get a bit of a sense of the zeitgeist of humanity when it comes to Hey, is technology going to be a blessing or a curse to humankind? Now, when I ask this question to audiences, here's an interesting thing I see. If you were in your 50s or older, then you lived your childhood without the internet, without mobile devices, and you likely see a world today that has worse aspects than when you were young because of technology. You believe there are some positives. I don't want to say people over 50 are Luddites and completely negative about technology. I'm just saying, although people over 50 use technology, see some value in it, uh, I'll say we, since I'm uh, over 50, we can look back to a time when we grew up where we had almost zero technology and we were happy. I mean, we're happy the world seemed to be okay. The world wasn't falling apart. And in some ways, we had more human connection than we had before. We had less complexity than we had before, less expense. It was simpler. There's a lot of things we can look back and say we liked about a world before technology. And that, of course, predisposes us to believe somehow that because of technology and life being more complex now, uh, life being more expensive, (laughs) life uh, uh, having more things that break, uh, you know, 
and I'll go through a whole list of negative things I think that we see, we're like, all right, we do the math, the world's worse than it was before. Generally, if you're below 35, you have spent much of your life surrounded with technology. School was very different. Relationships and communication are, were different, right? Entertainment was different for you. How you learned, what you learned, much of it came from a machine, which is very different than the people who are older. Uh, my experience is you are much more likely to believe that technology is a little more positive than negative. Again, you see the negatives. You don't just see the positives. It's just when you do the math, if you're below 35, you, you believe that technology has at least slightly more positive than negative, whereas if you're 50 or older, you might see slightly more negative than positive. Now, it's a fair question if you ask me something like, hey, what about the people between 35 and 50? You know, they, they're stuck in a mid zone. Uh, they could go either way. You know, I just find that they don't, they're not predisposed necessarily one direction or the other. Uh, and again, this is my unscientific view of just asking many audiences how they feel. Now, another thing I view is it's no surprise that the loudest people seem to have a bias towards telling me that technology is negative. Uh, and they can and give me a list of annoying aspects of technology. Well, those who I think believe that technology is more positive for the human race tend to be more quiet. And again, I don't know if that's something about humanity, uh, that if there's something that disturbs us, we're more likely to speak up. Something that uh, we feel good about, we're less likely about speaking up. I'm a logical person, so set aside my unscientific method of just asking people these questions and making observations. I'm generally a very logical person when it comes to my flavor of philosophy. I, I tend to try to flavor my philosophy with facts that are hard for me to ignore. For example, when I look at technology, if I step back and blur my eyes, there's nothing in the history of mankind that has ever gotten adopted more quickly than technology. In other words, when, when the invention is made, uh, hundreds of millions of people may use that invention now within a year. I mean, just look at, at the rise of ChatGPT getting to 100 million users in just a few months. There's nothing else in the world that we would say somebody uh, creates a new recipe and then 100 million people use that recipe, you know, in a few months. There's no non-technology invention that people see, and then it gets a hundred million users in a few months. So there has to be something to technology and the value that it plays for people, that, that we have that many who are willing to dedicate time to learning and, and interacting with the technology. Then, another fact, look at the amount of time people spend using devices. Uh, I'm not going to quote any one of a number of studies. You've all read them. Uh, you know, you could hear anywhere from four hours a day to 10 hours a day. It's very person specific as far as how many hours they spend uh, interfacing with the screen, interfacing with technology. It depends a lot on whether you count a television or don't count a television, right? It, it, when I say technology, I'm really not talking much about a television per se. I'm talking about more of a computing device. But look at the amount of time people spend on computing devices. Now, somebody that has a negative filter is going to say, well, people are massively addicted. Uh, but it's unlikely to me that billions of people are addicted, in, addicted to something where they're suffering negative impacts and they don't realize it and they don't change it. I mean, we're, we're, we make mistakes as the human race, but, you know, on the whole, 
we don't make that many mistakes. So the fact that people use technology for so many hours means it's got to have some intrinsic value as well. Now, here's what I see from all of this is each person uses the power of digital in a different recipe. And that recipe is going to lean one way or the other as far as being healthy or unhealthy, or could be towards the end of a spectrum as far as healthy or unhealthy, depending on what the recipe is. I think it's really important to think about what I just said about a digital recipe. Uh, the reason for that is we do many, many different things with our devices. We don't just do one thing. You know, people will talk about social media and people spending hours on social media a day. Well, they do. But also at work, they're on their calendar, they're on email, you know, they may be doing e-commerce, they may be doing a, a listening to podcasts. I mean, they're doing a lot of other things beside just social media. So each one of us has a recipe of technology, of what it is that we use, what it is we spend time on, that varies by day. It varies by if we work in our career, if we're not working. Everyone's got a different recipe. Now, with that said, what I want to do is go through the negatives, the negative aspects that I see of technology. And then I'll go through the positive aspects. And this is not like the old Ben Franklin clothes where we're drawing a T on a piece of paper. We're putting all the negative on one side and all the positive on the other side, seeing which one is longer. We're not doing that because some of these, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a line item. Some of these line items have much more impact than other line items. Uh, if I were to show you the count, the positives have maybe two more line items of what I'm going to say. And that's actually interesting because I generally feel like technology is is, you know, a slightly more positive than it is negative. And that's obviously where I come down. This is the digital optimist. But let me go through the negatives, because although I'm a digital optimist, again, I'm always realistic. I mean, I'm more than happy to look at the negative. You know that if you've listened to uh, my podcast. So these are not in any particular order, but let's just look at a list of negatives and uh, see if there's any more you would add to this, right? Or if you agree with these negatives. All right. First thing, we've had an explosion of, of false and mis misleading information because of the internet. If you look at the sheer amount of information we take into our minds when we're using technology as a river of information, then the volume of false and misleading information has gone up dramatically. Uh, we are able to consume a higher amount of information than I could, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, again, the problem with that is some of the flow of this river of information is false and misleading. Now, the second one ties a little bit to this, not only do we have false and misleading, we have a lot of extreme opinions. So the way that media worked before technology is that media weeded out a lot of the extreme opinions. In other words, the newspapers, television, radio, it did a pretty good job of weeding out extremists. Sure, there were always people on any one of those mediums that had ideas that were a little bit more out on the edge, but generally media back 30 years ago did a good job of weeding out extreme opinions. Now, you could complain about that and say, well, you know, the, sometimes those extreme opinions were correct and media weeded out those correct opinions. True. But they also weeded out in a, a high number of false or misleading extreme opinions that today on the internet there is no filter for. 
All right, another negative, psychological and emotional damage that gets caused by what people read online or see online. Now, this could go underneath a couple of the other topics, but, you know, let's generally look at younger people, right? I mean, younger people who are have not developed their uh, thick skin or their emotional intelligence yet. Uh, they're not psychologically highly advanced, right? When young people are using technology to attack each other, embarrass each other, uh, then clearly we have an issue. Uh, And what happens is we're seeing more psychological and emotional damage where the channel of how it was delivered or consumed was the internet. So that's a negative thing, all right? Completely different direction, job displacement and transition pain. Now, I, we have more jobs right now that are unfilled than any time in history as I sit here doing this podcast. So I do not believe that technology is going to replace a bunch of people's jobs. The economy is going to crash. Uh, there's not going to be any, uh, you know, any, anywhere for anybody to work because machines are doing all the work. I don't believe that's an issue at all. I've said that for a long time. What I do believe is a real issue is job displacement. In other words, a robot replaces something that was highly repeatable that a human did physically, whether it's picking strawberries from a garden or putting a nut on a bolt or painting something, right? When a robot replaces a human who's doing that, then that human's job's displaced. Now, if they can learn another skill, you know, great. They can go get another one of the millions of jobs that are available today. But sometimes what we see is the person who is displaced has a tough choice of going downhill to something that is underemployment and less money than they made, or they've got to reskill and move uphill. Good news, you can make more money, but you got to reskill and move up to another job, which causes the transition pain. So that is another negative we see with technology is just its impact on the economy where it could be painful for people. All right, lack of privacy, digital privacy uh, should come as no shock to anyone. Vastly different world today with what people know about us, right? What they know about our shopping habits, what they know about where we live, what they know about all kinds of things. Because the internet has created a lack of digital privacy. Forget cybersecurity, which is coming up. I mean, even without cybersecurity, uh, the legal companies who use our data as their product have caused a situation where we have lost a lot of privacy. Then there's online trolls and bullies. Uh, We could go back up to that psychological and emotional damage. I mean, sometimes that's coming from online trolls and bullies. It's just, it's also coming from other areas as well. Like people trying to compare themselves to uh, pictures that are completely unrealistic pictures that have been photoshopped, right? I mean, this is where the psychological and emotional damage comes. I have a separate category of just online trolls and bullies. People that have digital courage, people who would never in the real world would treat people like they would treat people online. Online trolls and bullies. All right, how about vapid but entertaining visuals and time-wasting content? I hate to say, you know, cat videos now, right? Uh, But any type of entertainment that's just empty and vapid, something that you look at that grabs your attention and you realize that it is a huge waste of time only after you've done it. Well, hopefully you realize it's a a huge waste of time at some point. It's even more of a problem if you don't. But the fact that we have a distribution system now of amazingly just, I mean, almost worthless entertainment. I I think about, for example, the videos that show people doing some activity where they get hurt, and then we kind of laugh about that. But there's nothing funny about people doing something where they get hurt. And if that's the kind of entertainment people enjoy... It's a bit of a waste of time. All right, next one, cyber criminals 
and cyber warfare. Let's just wrap that all up. All right, you want another negative thing about technology? The fact that criminals from anywhere in the world can now defraud us anywhere else in the world and make money over the wire is crazy. And then that nation states can declare cyber warfare on any other nation. And today, declaring cyber warfare is a silent activity. Uh, nation states just, they just do cyber warfare. And too often, the people that are getting attacked are businesses. Too often, those businesses are in the United States because we have the money, right? So cybercrime, cyber warfare, another negative thing. Uh, porn, online porn. Probably don't need to say much more about that. Clearly a negative thing, which actually leads us a bit to this last two. And these last two are, hmm, I'm going to call them meta negatives, meta negatives, because they cross everything that I just talked about. The first one is the speed and scale that all of this can happen. So all of those negative things that I talked about up there, the speed and scale that those can get out into the world is astounding. They can get out into the world in a matter of hours. They can scale to millions and millions of users. So it's not just that we have all these negative things. The meta of that is the speed and the scale that the negative can get out. The last meta that we'll talk about is just how technology seems to be dehumanizing us. Uh, when I say dehumanizing us, when we spend six hours a day, eight hours a day interacting with a piece of technology, uh, it inexorably seems to be dehumanizing us. Or maybe, it's, say it this way, it's desensitizing us from the human condition. The more we watch things on a screen that are horribly negative, uh, whether it's people getting killed, uh, whether it's human trafficking, whatever it is, the more we watch it on a tiny screen, the more it desensitizes us from the real human condition. The more it lowers our empathy for other people. Uh, in fact, I, I think what this does actually is the more we interact with technology, besides just desensitizing us, it, it also highlights the messiness of human nature. So when I interact with technology, I have complete control over it. It's efficient. I can go anywhere I want with it. I can do anything I want. I can have any conversation I want. I can stop any conversation I want. There's a lot of positives in the negative of just interacting with technology. I have complete complete control over it. Again, it just highlights the messiness in, in my human contact real life. I don't have complete control over people. I can't stop what they're talking about at any one point. Sometimes I can't stop listening to what they're saying. I can't stop being impacted by whatever they're doing, right? Uh, whereas online, when I'm interacting with technology, I have much more control and power over stopping the technology. So wrap that all up, right? The other meta negative is that technology seems to be dehumanizing and desensitizing us in ways that we really need to think about. So there you go. There's the negative in the recipe of our day. All right, let's look at the positive. Again, these are not in any order. I just want you to think about these so you can do some math on your recipe. We have the ability to learn anything we want now for free, virtually free, anything we want. Now, that's not small. Like, step back and really think about the fact, how did people learn 40, 50 years ago? You went to a library, you had to read something, you know, people in some narrow tight circle around you taught you things that weren't always completely correct. Uh, it was slow to learn, and it was highly dependent in some cases on how much money you had, your ability to even go access a library, your ability to have an Encyclopedia Britannica at the house, right? Or how educated your parents were to even be able to teach you anything. Today, anyone that has any device can access the internet and can literally learn just about anything for free. That is an amazing positive. 
positive. All right, the ability to communicate and connect easily with anyone anywhere in the world. You can join any group that has an online group. You can connect to any person anywhere in the world. Right, the ability to connect and find, find and connect people that you haven't seen for many, many years, people that you've just met that you never want to lose touch with. Like the ability to communicate and connect is astounding now compared to what it was. In fact, so much so that I think we just take it for granted. Right? Again, if you're young and you've always had these tools, you don't know a different life. If you're older and, and your way of connecting was in person or over a phone with a, a curly wire attached, right, that uh, you paid for by minute if you called anybody outside the United States, like if you came from a different era, right, you, you have a little bit more appreciation. But I think generally when we add up uh, the negatives and positive technology, we forget the ability to communicate and connect so easily and what that has meant for us and meant for our relationships. All right, the ability to find a partner in life. I don't care whether it's uh, Tinder or eHarmony or Match or whatever the tool is. The ability to find a partner for life in ways other than you just happen to run across them, you happen to meet them at work, you happen to meet them at school, you happen to go meet them at a bar. And if you really, again, step back and look at this from 30,000 feet, we have tools today that, that allow us to find somebody that is maybe on day one a little bit better match than what you find when you are randomly out in the world. Now, we have done this long enough now, made these digital connections, that I think now we can look and say, hey, it might be slightly more likely that you could have a long-term relationship with somebody who you have met through um, a piece of software that does some filtering versus the way that life was filtered decades ago. So just finding a partner in life now is something that, that can be more positive because of technology. All right, technology assisting people with their health. What I mean is when you have a health problem or if you want to be healthy, whether that's mentally healthy, but I especially mean physically healthy, we have so much more capability today to take responsibility for our own health. All right, we have sped up and improved the U.S. economy and entrepreneurship because of technology. Amazing stories of young people starting technology companies companies growing them to large scales, but also just the productivity and the growth in the U.S. economy has been powered by technology for really the last three or four decades. All right, the convenience that technology brings us. When I talk about convenience, let's just talk about like task automation. We have all kinds of apps, capabilities to automate tasks that we used to have to do by hand. And then we have all these new capabilities like e-commerce that bring amazing convenience. If you want to buy something, you can buy anything you want from just about anywhere you want from uh, you're this driving down the road in your vehicle, right? I mean, we have amazing convenience now compared to, to the methods we have for convenience again some decades ago. All right, the ability to manage the day. We have all kinds of tools now that help us manage our calendar, manage our activities, manage our appointments, find things to do, make appointments, right? Just the ability to manage the day. You know, alerts that tell us when to breathe, alerts that tell us when to rest, right? It's amazing today if you put technology to work, how it can help you manage your day. All right, we have disintermediated the ability to succeed. What I mean by that, and this one is cool to me as far as a positive. It used to be, if you wanted to be a singer who succeeded, you had to sign a deal with record companies and the record companies had to promote you. In other words, you had to go through middle people. You had to go get an agent, right? There was a process that you had to go through. And some of us that love music would uh, would observe sometimes, hey, there was somebody down at a local bar and they're better than half the people that I'm hearing on the radio. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, now we have an ability for any artist, any influencer to create an audience on their own that is unfiltered, that is disintermediated from any other big organization. And that's tremendous because if you think now about some of the people who become popular, influential, you know, well-known as far as artists, they became known because they could use technology to attract attention without having to go through a third party. All right, another positive, just the enhanced creativity that technology can bring. Uh, it's easy if you think about art, right, that we got Photoshop and we got Photoshop, it gave you a, a, some easy ways to be able to create art and be artistic uh, without having to have the, the physical skills with your hands. And now we've gone another step with AI, but technology has helped people be creative for a number of years. I mean, PowerPoint as a tool allowed people to be able to tell a story. And you can make fun of tools like PowerPoint all you want. And there are people who use it wrong, of course. But you cannot deny that there have been millions and millions of PowerPoints shown and given that were creative and that helped people to understand a story better because it added a visual component. So technology has enhanced our creativity and innovation in amazing ways and getting ready to take another giant step forward with AI. All right, digital entertainment. I don't need to beat this one to death. You have everything from Netflix to online gaming. I mean, just the volume and the types and the breadth and the depth of digital entertainment has exploded. And it's a good thing. I mean, it, when it's too addictive, it's not a good thing. But generally, it's a good thing to have forms of entertainment, especially with choices to be able to play by yourself, be able to play by groups, right? It's a good thing to have the digital entertainment we have. All right, technology providing safety and security. Again, in the world that we just kind of look past, the fact that somebody has a digital mobile device that, that almost can help them in any situation that they are in, that can instantly tell somebody they need help or they can call somebody. Or if you are trying to keep track of somebody, you can keep track of their whereabouts so that you know that they're safe. Uh, if you put uh, Internet of Things devices in your home, you've got motion detectors, you've got locks, you've got cameras. Right? Just think of what technology has done to provide safety and security. Then Again, if I step back and I, I look at kind of two uber thoughts, kind of meta thoughts, one of the meta thoughts I have is that the world has become a more fair place from a skills and knowledge standpoint. Uh, sure, there's a digital divide. There's no question there's a digital divide. But, but even with a digital divide, almost everybody today has access to technology. Almost everybody in the United States has access to a mobile device of some type. Because you can learn anything that you want to learn virtually for free. What has happened is I believe that technology is just inextricably making the world a bit more of a fair place where everybody has access to the skills that they might want to go pick up. And that's something we should consider about technology is sure, there is a digital divide. There are things that can be unfair, but there are also many, many things that technology does that have made the world a more fair place. Oh, I'll wrap up the positive side with a thought that uh, William shared with me when we were driving down the road in the truck. He said, you know, there's nothing technology does um, or that does not touch today. Like it touches everything in our lives. And I, at first when he said it, I thought, nah, it's too broad. But then I started thinking about it. And almost every single thing I, I looked at in my life, there was an argument that technology touches it in some way. Now, philosophically, again, if you step back, 
And you say, yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world. Of course, there's always been a lot of problems in the world. Uh, but I also think there are a number of you know smart people in the world that make the comment that we have an awful lot of abundance. We have more abundance now than we have ever had. We have a higher quality of life generally around the world than we've ever had. Yes, the world has problems, but the world has also become a more humane place every single year. Uh, there's a lot to like about the direction that we're headed, even though there is a lot also to still be concerned about. And while we are heading in this direction that is a pretty good direction, while we have all these positive analytics about the world, there is nothing that technology is not touching in that positive momentum. So there you go. There's an awful lot all at once about the negatives and the positives of what technology brings to the world. Hopefully that's a deeper set than you've thought about before. And now when you step back, you can kind of look at the ingredients to your life and you can say, okay, well, what's making up the recipe of technology in my life and what kind of choice choices am I making? Because at the end of the day, if you ask, hey, is technology going to help the world or be a blessing or be a curse? It's going to happen person by person. Yes, it's going to add up across billions of people. But the, the, the choice of the recipe of good and evil that comes with technology is something that we get to make. We get to make the choices. And so the question starts to become, well, how intentional are we? Are we intentional about these choices and making good choices? Are we just addicted to things and we're making unintentional choices, uh, that's something to look at in yourself, right? Ultimately, the key is being intentional about your boundaries and your balance, right? How do you balance humanity and technology? What kind of boundaries do you set up, right? But life has always been this way. I mean, this is not something new. Life has always been around boundaries and balance and being intentional. The only thing that's changed is we have a growing menu of things that can be put into the recipe now. We just have more ingredients than we've ever had before and more powerful ingredients. So let's circle back, right? The philosophical question here of technology being good or bad for humanity, healthy or unhealthy, right? I, I refuse to cop out and just say, oh, it's both. It's both. I already proved it's both. I read you two long lists, but I have faith in humanity to learn and grow. And so I have faith that humanity will build a better recipe of integration with technology over the generations. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I've said this. I have a strong faith in the next generations, right? Gen Z, Gen A, Gen B, you know, generations I may see in my lifetime. I have a lot of faith that those generations will build better recipes of integrating technology into their lives. I also believe as we sit here today, we have more benefits than negatives. I just think we tune into the negatives faster. Uh, just like I talked about earlier about how anthropologists believe that human beings tend to see the negative before they see the positive or they focus more on the negative. I believe that that's true and I think what's happened with technology is the negatives speak louder to us than the positives but by volume, right, or by quantity, there are more positives than negatives. So I do believe that technology will one day create a Star Trek world where we'll go where no person has gone before. I do not believe that technology will create a Terminator slash Matrix world of human destruction. So uh, back to, I think technology is 55% good and 45% bad, or 60% good and 40% bad, right? If we were going to try to reduce it to a simple formula like that. So 
Whether you agree with me or not, I hope you care about the answer to this question. If I'm wrong, and if it's 60% negative and 40% positive for humanity, and that compounds over time, that will be devastating to our kids and grandkids. And we will rue the day that they inherit what it is that we are building now. So uh, I hope, but I also seriously believe that technology is more positive than negative. But you need to form your own opinion, and you need to help other people around you tip the scales when they're looking at the recipe of how they use technology. Tip the scales towards healthy, tip the scales away from unhealthy, because in the end of the day, it is a choice. All right, have a solid Humology Day. Uh, The next podcast is going to be the one I like to do in between series. And so this podcast that's coming next is going to be on AI, and it's called The Day the Machines Wake Up. I'll bet you're excited about that one. I'll start writing it here shortly. Try to get it out as soon as I can. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklasowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.